Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Got it back on the fan. While you were sleeping, we started the show talking about the Jets and their improbable win over the Buffalo Bills. A huge win for this team. And you think about it for this franchise, of course, Sala, Wilson, LaFleur, you know, all of the above. But you think about what we felt a week ago and the disappointment and fans calling for Zach Wilson to be benched and they had enough of him and he's not the guy. And, you know, the disappointing loss to New England where everybody expected it to be a party. Nobody thought, especially after that, as a matter of fact, one of the reasons why people were so down after last week was because Buffalo was up next and you figured, well, that's an automatic loss. How are the Jets going to compete with the Bills? And then they go out there and not only compete with the Bills, but they made the Bills look bad. I mean, Josh Allen... He threw two picks. It should have been three or four. And he was making throws that if Zach Wilson threw, you would be calling me today saying, I told you Mike White should be starting. Get Mike White in there. Josh Allen making bad decisions. And bad throws. This is the best quarterback in the league. Jets kept him out of the end zone through the year. Of course, he had two rushing touchdowns. The Look, the Bills can't run the football. And they didn't against that Jet defense. And to me, as we talked about it earlier while you were sleeping, the keys for the Jets, the reason why the Jets, and look, it was a total team effort, of course. I mean, you don't beat the Bills without playing a total team effort. But the main reason why the Jets were able to beat the Bills, the defense first and foremost. And for me, it starts with the cornerbacks. DJ Reed, incredible. Sauce Gardner, I know, gets all the accolades, but DJ Reed, I don't want to say just as good, but he's been just as important and been very good on the other side. When you have those two corners, especially against that Bills team with Diggs and Gabe Davis and others, keep those guys out of the end zone, remarkable. And keep those guys in check, incredible job. The linebackers flying all over the place for the Jets, as per usual. Defensive line getting the pressure on Josh Allen. Five sacks of Allen and the Bills. That I mean, that doesn't happen very often. So the Jets now adding that to their repertoire, being able to get to him of all people. And the defense proved their legitimacy in this game. Oh, and by the way, they were smart too. You know, really the worst play of the game was the opening kick for the Jets. Dude, tripping over the the holder. I mean, come on. What an embarrassment that was. But anyway, outside of that, it was a near-perfect game for the Jets. 
So, of course, it starts with the defense, and that's the way, and that's one of the reasons why we thought the Jets would have a chance going into the weekend because of their defense. That's how you beat a team like Buffalo. You're not going to, you know, have a shootout with them and beat them 52 to 48. Like, Jets aren't built like that. Most teams aren't, by the way. You're not going to win a shootout with the Bills. But defensively, the Jets did exactly what they had to to handle Josh Allen. The other thing that they did was run the football down their throat. Why throw it if you don't have to? And that happened, especially in the fourth quarter. You know, the Jets drove the football. Time of possession, keeping Allen and the Bills off the field, and driving that football, running the football in particular. Even without Vera Tucker on that offensive line, Jets able to run the football at will against this Bills team. Didn't matter if it was Robinson, Michael Carter, even Zach Wilson getting in the mix, making some plays with his legs. But you saw great defense, and you saw a team that could run the football even minus their top running back in Brees Hall. And then, and we'll save the best for last, and then Garrett Wilson, absolute stud, no doubt about it, a legitimate number one receiver. How refreshing is it to see that the Jets have that? Caught eight of his nine targets. You know, Zach Wilson throwing to him all day long. So reliable and just a big-time playmaker. And by the way, doesn't even have to be explosive plays, but just making plays, moving the chains, gaining the yardage, putting them in great spots to be able to get the first down if they're not first down catches already. And then, of course, the quarterback, who many of you left for dead after last week. Many of you wanted out. Many of you wanted to replace with Mike White. Many of you wanted the Jets to draft a quarterback in the draft next year. Many of you, after not even one full season as a quarterback, obviously was hurt last year, hurt a little bit this year, prior to yesterday, had 18 games. You guys were done with Zach Wilson. Well, Zach Wilson didn't go out there and light it up. However, he played a tremendous game. And for those of you who question, oh, Sal, what are you seeing him? Did you watch that game? Did that look like a rookie quarterback who was overmatched? He was smart all afternoon. He made plays with both his legs and his arm. The different arm angles, he would drop down and zing it in. He could throw the deep ball. He was accurate. All right, he missed a couple of throws, whether it was high with Denzel Mims, who, by the way, Mims could have caught that ball early in the game. But still, I mean, what are we going to nitpick every single throw that the guy makes? He played a heck of a football game. And I know the fumble, you know, what do you want it to be? Perfect? Nobody's perfect. And a quarterback like him was trying to make something happen at times. That's You got to live with it. Live with those mistakes. It's part of it. Nobody's perfect. But just the one turnover on the fumble. And he did more than enough to win that game for this Jets team. It wasn't just about the defense. It wasn't just about the the ground game. Those were obviously the focal points, but Zach Wilson played a very good game at quarterback for the Jets. This after everybody wrote him off, and I loved what he said after the game, where you know they were saying, hey, is this sweet for you after all the criticism you took? He's like, I don't give a crap what people say. Good for you. You shouldn't care what people say. which is another reason why I like Zach Wilson 
is that, and he didn't handle himself well after last week. It was frustrating performance. He was embarrassed by it, I'm sure. Frustrated. All the above. But to have people go off the deep end as far as saying, oh, he's got to go, it's just insane. And look at the way that he's handled adversity and bounced right back. This is not Sam Darnold. Zach Wilson is going to be their franchise quarterback. He is their franchise quarterback. There's a reason why Robert Sala, there's a reason, number one, why Joe Douglas drafted him. There's a reason why Robert Sala came out and said after last week, he's our guy. Like, what don't you guys get? He's our quarterback. This is year two. There are going to be some bad games, and maybe there will be some learning, learning pains, growing pains, growing pains. There'll be inconsistencies. There'll be some bad games. But you hope he could eventually turn it into consistency. And that's what really the Jets need as a whole. Consistency. But they're on their way. And this was a great win. Especially after what happened a week ago against New England. 877-337-6666. We also talked about Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone. I was not on. You know, I was on Friday morning, of course. So I wasn't on to react to that dreadful press conference by those two guys, basically making excuses the whole time, telling you that, hey, everything's going to be okay. We basically just need to keep it as is, bring up a couple of the young guys, you know, bring back Judge, of course. And, and by the way, even with that, Cashman wiping his hands with Allen. That's the owner. I don't know. It's not up to me. It's up to the owner. Well, hold on a second. How much do you and your team think that he's worth? What would be your plan to put together? to give to Aaron Judge. Is there a limit to where you would recommend where the owner goes? You're just going to be like, hey, you know what, Hal? I'm out on this one. You decide. I'll handle the shortstop situation. Oh, thanks, which you've handled so well, Cash. Anyway, it was we, – we now understand why the Yankees got swept by the Astros. It was because there was no Andrew Benatendi and because DJ LeMayu wasn't there. Oh, and because Clay Holmes was rusty. So those three factors is why the Yankees got swept. No big deal. No worry. Next year, you hope to bring it back and go get him again. They got to re-sign Benatendi. Obviously, got to re-sign Judge and figure out what they're going to do with Donaldson and IKF, of course. Are they going to let those guys go? Are they going to, you know, are they going to let those guys continue to play? Or are they going to bring up Peraza and have him play short? Who knows? I don't know. We'll figure it out. But either way, it's going to be basically the same group coming back because the Yankees are close. That was the message. We're close, but we were hurt. Got it loud and clear. Thanks, guys. Uh, as for the Mets, they make the big move of bringing back Edwin Diaz and make him the richest closer. And it's a deal that Diaz deserved off of last season. But you wonder, you know, I mean, look, the Mets had no choice. They had to bring him back. Good for them. You wonder, though, about these closers, how volatile they could be, bullpen so fickle. You know, the commitment, five years, $102 million bucks. So he's going to be highest AAV and the highest overall contract for a closer. But with his year, I mean, the Mets needed to bring him back. And they didn't waste any time in doing so. He wanted to be back. Mets wanted them back. They get Diaz locked up. And I think whether or not, I don't really think you could argue with this move, but whether or not you believe in giving relief pitchers that type of deal, the Mets had to do it. And the good news is that, okay, so what if it doesn't work out? Guess what? They're going to go get another closer eventually, whenever that may be. You you don't have to be afraid now of, oh my God, $100 million on a closer. Now what are they going to do with the rest of the team? Are they going to be able to spend? Yes, the answer is yes, they're going to be able to spend. 
And how refreshing is it that you know that the owner, you don't think, you know the owner is going to go out there and spend. And you don't have to, have to worry about Edwin Diaz leaving or a guy like Edwin Diaz leaving because the Mets are going to pay him the most money. If the Mets want to, they will pay whatever player the most money. In this case, Edwin Diaz. Highest offer, boom, done. Don't even, have to, don't even waste your time getting a free agency. Nobody's going to beat this. Here you go. With DeGrom, if the Mets want him back, they're going to have to offer him the highest contract. Now, whether he wants it or not, that's a whole other story. But any player that the Mets want, they will at least, I can't say they will get because some guys don't want to come here, but they will at least give them the best offer financially. It's refreshing to know that that's the case, and even more so knowing that, hey, if they do spend poorly and make a mistake, well, you know what? They'll be able to either eat it or go out there and get somebody else. You know, they operate now the way the Yankees used to operate. Things done changed. Imagine if this were prior ownership. Edwin Diaz would be a goner. It'd be Drew Smith closing games next year. Oh, and by the way, the Mets brought back Daniel Vogelback for a million and a half. They picked up his option. While this is largely insignificant, I just want to reiterate that Daniel Vogelback cannot play baseball. You know, like he's actually not good at playing baseball. I believe the Mets signed him or paying him a million and a half to pick up the option. Paying him a million and a half to play baseball, except to play baseball, you have to be able to field, throw, and run, which he can't do either of. Oh, and then you figure, okay, well, all right, so what, Sal? He can't run, big deal, who cares? Can't throw, doesn't matter, there's a DH. Can't field, doesn't matter, DH. All right, well, then he must hit for high average, right? Well, no, he doesn't do that either. Okay, well, if he doesn't hit for high average and he doesn't run, he doesn't field or throw, then he's got to be a big power guy, right? Hits for a lot of power? Well, no, no, he doesn't really do that either. Oh, okay. So what exactly does Daniel Vogelback do? And the reason I bring it up is because I tweeted out why would the Mets bring him back. And Mets fans, a couple of them, showing me the numbers and coming at me with these stats that I I just couldn't give a crap less about because with Vogelback, it is as clear as day that if you watch baseball, you know he's no good. If you throw out numbers, you either expose yourself for not watching baseball or you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, look at these numbers and blah, 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 and destroys right-handed pitch. No, he's not good at baseball. He's irrelevant on this team at best. Mashes right-handed pitching, please. What does he do? He draws a walk occasionally? Gets the occasional base hit? <laughs> Whoop-de-doo, Bezel. What does it all mean? Your calls are next. 877-337-6666. Whatever you want to discuss on this Monday morning. Omar, where are you at? I know you're out there. I know you're listening. Where are you at, Omar? You came on Friday and said Bill's in the Super Bowl. Bill's are winning the Super Bowl. You tried to do your best Salicata impression and declare the Super Bowl over. You should have learned from me. I thought you know how it works. Don't do it. What are you nuts with those bold predictions? It's not worth it. You declared the Super Bowl over, and I told you I want to hear from you Monday when the Jets win that game. And you laughed and you laughed some more. Well, where are you at, Omar? Anyway, not just Omar. Anybody can call. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Got it back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Omar, you better call. Hey, Sus, so you have that call, right? You said you went back and got Omar from Friday morning? It took – it's no, oh. I'm, I'm here, I'm here. I just pressed the wrong button there. Um, okay. It took, like, a little bit of digging, but I managed to find it. And, you know, it's – Omar, it's like you can easily tell an Omar call just because, like, there's always, a, like, a lot of passion in that call. Whether if it's oh, the Knicks yeah. or if it's basketball in New York basketball or the Bills, which I had honestly no clue that he was a Bills fan. No clue at all. But Yeah, he, he loves his Bills and he loves the Knicks. He better be calling, and we'll, maybe we'll play that. You, you went back and you have it. I know it's a couple minutes long. We don't need to play the whole thing necessarily. But either way, I want to hear from Omar. And he was going nuts on Friday proclaiming the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Let's hear from Omar uh, this morning before we say goodbye. We've got a half hour, Omar. You're on the clock. And by the way, if he calls today, tomorrow, it doesn't matter. Either way, he's going to hear it. And he knows it. Come on, Omar. Face the music. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Chris is calling from Beacon. What's up, Chris? Sal, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Pretty good. And everyone in New York City, turn your radios up loud and clear. Listen to me. The AFC East is over. Oh, God. No. What are you guys doing? No, don't do it, Chris. <laughs> it's By the way, over. I have that trademarked. FYI, it's trademarked. Hey, I, you know, it's over. You know, look at look at my man. Everyone was killing him last week. I still give him time to grow. Let the kid, you know, take his lumps. You know, he's he's going to progress. He has a high ceiling. He hasn't even shown that yet. You know, the you know you saw how he was passing right through the defense. See, that's what a real quarterback does. Unlike, you know, Daniel uh, Steve Young Jones over there who has to throw when someone's 30 feet wide well, open. What are you worried about the Giants for today? Focus uh, on your Jets. Forget Daniel because, Jones. Because, you know what, Because last week you had people calling saying that I'd rather have Daniel Jones than Zach Wilson. They were bringing that up. They were saying that he won't even be in the league next year. And I'd rather right. have Daniel Jones. So they were bringing it well, up. Well, right. anybody who says he's not going to be in the league next year is a complete and utter fool and an idiot. Zach Wilson's right. not going to be in the league next year. I mean, give me a break. Watch a game. Yeah, he was he was great. You know, you know, Sauce was great. My man Garrett Wilson was great. The Wilson brothers, trademark that. The Wilson brothers are here. 
I'm loving this team, Zal. This was great. I mean, how could you not? You have a – we talked about it before. You have a legitimate number one wide receiver. You could see that early on with Garrett Wilson. And for years we've heard, oh, this guy's going to be good. This guy's going to be good. No, with Wilson you actually see it. He is a stud. The dude is open. He makes the plays every time. They had two running backs with Brees Hall and Michael Carter. Now, they're different running backs. Hall, obviously, the home run hitter and a guy who could do it all. Michael Carter's a guy who's going to get to the edge with some speed as he did. James Robinson, a solid backup now without Brees Hall so they could run the football and behind an offensive line that mushed that uh, defensive front from Buffalo. I mean, they just ran all over them. And you have a young quarterback that has potential to get mm-hmm. to the next level. He can be an elite-level quarterback. He, he's not a game manager. He can be that guy. And we're still learning about the coaching staff. And by the way, they have done a really nice job with Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur now. And, and we're still learning. It's still early here. But, I mean, nobody, I don't think anybody thought that the Jets at this point would be 6-3 and three through nine games, outside no. of the Jets themselves. And that's what I like to see right now. My, I was still out on the whole Salah thing. And, uh, you know, I, what I like today, I like seeing that that fake punt, you know, that he obviously mm. had to sign off on. Be aggressive. I, li- I like that. That's something like, that Dave will be doing with the Giants. You know, you don't, you're playing against the Buffalo. You don't want to just give that ball back to Josh Allen because there's most likely you might go down, in the, you know, at that point and, and, and get, dig yourself a hole. So I like being aggressive. You have to be aggressive to beat a team like that. And they showed, they showed, uh, I don't know the word, but they just showed fight. And I, I liked what I saw today. I was, I, I look, I, I didn't, I didn't put the, I didn't put the hundred dollars on the plus four sixty. I'm mad about that, but you know, I um, told you to bet the money. I, I put my money no, where my I mouth told, was. I, and I told Sus, I said, I put the back seat on a parlay. And guess who screwed me at the end? Freaking, uh, uh, Brady. Gets me at the end. This guy couldn't score a touchdown the whole game. The Rams suck. And they yeah, score at the end with 45 seconds. So what, was your, four, what was your parlay? Jets just to win know. and what I had, else? Uh, I had Jets. I had the Seahawks that Geno came through on me with. And then uh, who the hell? I don't want to look at my phone now. I don't know who it was. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, the point is, come on. You can't be doing you don't be. I, I don't. I'm all for the parlay, but you have to do no, a parlay like in addition. You got to do it in addition to the straight bet. No, Come I, on, I know. I'm, I think I'm done with parlays. I, you know, I'm just like I'm losing out on yeah. stupid parlays. I had multiple ones. I had some stupid over unders. There were four of them too, and I and I and I uh, I lost that one. And I had another four uh, uh, a four parlay, and then uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers couldn't score at the end. They were down by well, five. Well, I mean, and that one I'm not surprised at. And oh. thank you for the call, Chris. We appreciate you checking in. And see, you ruined potentially a good day with your Jets winning because you're messing around with multiple parlays. Now, I will always be partial to parlays because that's where it all began. As I told you last week, those little tickets. And buddy used to come around school and hand out the parlay tickets, and you circle them, you hand them the lunch money. You know, Mom, I need an extra there's pizza today. Can I get an extra couple of dollars? You know, whatever, five buck parlay or two dollar parlay. That's what it used to be. Circle the six or seven numbers on the ticket, hand that baby in, and enjoy yourself for the weekend. So I'm always going to be partial to the parlay, but it should be in addition, especially in this case. We said bet the Jets money line. Got to put your money where your mouth is, as I did. Sometimes you get lucky. The Bucks game, and I didn't watch a lot of it. I did happen to catch the final drive, of course, which was the best part of the game. I mean, the Rams are just – both those teams stink. 
And it's funny too. And I know like, I, I don't really do picks on the show. Multiple reasons. One, I think it's watered down. Everybody does it. Number two, Friday morning at that particular time, essentially Thursday night on the overnight Friday morning, it's not the same way that I feel on Sunday. Especially after, you know, you get to get the inactives and all that stuff. Sunday morning is different. I like to sit there in front of the computer Sunday morning or on the phone and gather all the latest information and go with my gut feel when I have some time to just really sit there and think about certain things. So, and I do, the only time I do picks now is with Jimmy Train on the SI Media Podcast, and that's because he asked me to do a pick of the week each week. This week I had the cult, but, and this, again, we're doing this on Tuesday, and I was way off of that by and I, like I said, I'm only doing it because he asked me to do it. But I was way off of that by Friday even, and then certainly by yesterday morning. And we talked about it Friday morning. Throughout the course of the show, I started to feel good about the Jets. It wasn't something that I thought going in. But even yesterday, you know, the, a, a game like the Packers and Lions, where initially I looked at it and said, and that's what I was doing yesterday, looking over the lines yesterday morning, as I always do on Sunday morning, thinking, all right, well, the Packers got to win this game. No, can they lose again? And then I'm thinking, you know what? They, they don't have to win this game. They're not very good. Detroit can win this game. Sure enough, Detroit did in an ugly game with Aaron Rodgers doing things that we've never seen Aaron Rodgers do, throwing goal line picks. Aaron Rodgers never throws interceptions. Now he's throwing multiple goal line picks? Come on. Justin Fields had an impressive day yesterday as he continues to get better as the Bears have unleashed him. Let Justin Fields go, and they have, and he's been a stud through the air on the ground even in their loss at home to Miami. Miami's been another team that we talked about offense to be reckoned with. Jacksonville coming back on the Raiders. Look, I like Josh McDaniel and the hire. Uh, he's been terrible, and you can't blow a game like that. Finally, you're looking at that game thinking, all right, the Raiders figured it out, and then Jacksonville comes back on him. We mentioned this a little bit earlier, and you know the only reason why I even talk about the Colts is because they traded for Matt Ryan and then, of course, benched him. They got what they deserved. I'm not looking to get Frank Reich or anybody fired there, but Frank Reich should get fired. Really, they should fire the owner. It's too bad the owners can't be fired because Ursay should be fired, that clown. It's not Matt Ryan's fault. It's funny how everybody tried to blame Matt Ryan, and look what happened. Matt Ryan gets benched, humiliated, he deserved better, and the Colts embarrassed themselves and are now non-competitive. Can't move the football. New England destroyed the Colts. Good for them. I hope they lose every game by 50. I hate the Colts for what they did to Matt Ryan. Minnesota, Kirk Cousins get a win. Uh, Cousins against his former team and partied shirtless afterwards. Good for Minnesota as they continue to be impressive. Look, I'm not sold on Minnesota, but 7-1 is 7-1. I don't think you could fake that. And in the NFC, they have as good a chance as anybody. And Seattle, you mentioned Seattle, Chris, in your parlay with Geno Smith. An impressive performance from them. You know, another thing with Seattle. I didn't think they'd win that game. I liked Arizona actually going in that one. But Seattle, 6-3. and three. I mean, their defense is better than I thought. And Geno Smith continued to impress. Now, they could run the football as well. But an impressive win for them. And then Kansas City, you know, we mentioned the Bucks coming back in that game. The Rams stink. McVay is halfway in the broadcast booth. Which I find disrespectful to anybody who's ever coached before where you get a guy who wants to work his way up to become a coach build as this offensive genius blah 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 and 
He wins the Super Bowl, and now it's like, eh, you know what? I'd rather get paid better and go broadcast. What do I need to do this for? And that's the type of loss that'll send you to broadcasting. And again, Kansas City coming back in overtime. You know, the Chiefs are not, they're good. They're not as good as they've been in recent years. Anybody is beatable. If the Jets proved one thing yesterday, anybody is beatable. Jeff is calling from Hamilton. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Good morning. How are you? No, I'm all right. All right, good. Um, all right, so listen, two points. One on Judge. Obviously, there's no arguing this guy's a world-class player. Um, highly doubtful he'll repeat the season he had this past year. Uh, I've already seen, you know, this body type with this Giancarlo. If I'm the Yankees, honestly, if somebody offers him 10 years and whatever, $400 million, good for you. Go take it. They need to spend money in different places. The the long ball philosophy with the Yankees has not worked, um, and that's my opinion on Judge. And I I do think he's going to end up elsewhere. And the Yankees right now. Well, my question, that, so yeah, well, I don't know if I would say they're a train wreck. Although the way that you you hear Boone and Cashman speak, I mean, there's just no reason that's, for hope. That's my point. Yeah, no, and I get that. But, I mean, still, they did win the division. They still do have resources. If they wanted to, they could go out there and spend and add a bunch of different players. I'm not so sure that that's going to be the case. But I agree with your point, Jeff, on Judge. Here's what I want to see. Regardless of where he ends up, I want to see that the Yankees say definitively, okay, this is where we're willing to go for Judge. And we're not going to extend beyond this, whether that is – 300 million whether it's 320 whatever it may be cashman and his front office should go to hal and say here's where we view the worth being for this player and then if hal wants to overextend and go to whatever it is 375 or 400 million because somebody else comes in then that's on him but cashman should advise and i can't imagine that's going to be more than what he did with the 213, because if they thought Judge was worth $213 million before the year, to your point, it's not like he's going to go out there and hit 60 every year. And they know that. They're not stupid. So what are they going to come up? 275, maybe 300. That's a lot. So if it goes right. beyond that, if San Fran comes in and offers 375, if I'm Cashman, I say, look, we say we would not go that high, but it's up to the, up to the owner. I want to see the Yankees draw the line in the sand here. I, I mean, like I said, I, for me... I, I get it. I'm not writing the checks here, obviously, but for me, it would be the years I would worry about. The guy's already 31 years old, larger frame. Like you said, you're paying him for you're paying him for last year. They screwed up at the beginning of the year. They should have locked him up. Um, but I think I get again. I I think they need to allocate that money in other areas. Um, right. You know, obviously, trading away the left-handed pitcher St. Louis was <laughs> was not a great idea. I, I just think there's other areas where the Yankees are deficient. Uh, the left side of the infield, we can go there. Um, can I make a quick point on New York Rangers? Sure. Okay. Another train wreck. Um, I can't believe I, I, I actually wasted three hours of my life watching the game yesterday. Right now, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm 49 years old. I've been watching them for 40 years. Literally right now, with the exception of, like, Fox, um, maybe uh, uh Kako, maybe uh Mika Zibanejad and obviously the goalie anybody else in this roster if anybody makes you a good offer they should be gone this is basically outside of like the first line this team it's it's just a nightmare they just they, they I don't know I just they can't they can't seem to score they don't play great defense um 
They have too many guys that are like, you know, fourth line type players. Sammy Blay, for example. They got Reeves, who's old and slow. They, you know, they, they really are not built for a playoff run. I, I do believe they had, you know, last year Shesterkin stood on his head. They got lucky last year, obviously. They, they should have lost to the Penguins. Um, yeah, well, I, I don't know if you're well, a hockey fan. I'm just curious in your thoughts on the they, Rangers. I completely disagree with you. And thank you for the call, Jeff. I could not disagree with you more. I mean, they lost in overtime to a pretty good Detroit team, or at least Detroit's off to a good start. I mean, what are you, what, why are you ripping apart the Rangers, calling them a train wreck? I, no, I don't see it that way. Uh, I, I mean, they have one of the – first of all, they played with a backup goalie as well with a lock yesterday. But aside from that big picture you're talking here, no way. No way would I blow it up with the Rangers. You out of your mind? They'll be fine. They're just getting going here. I think the expectations are through the roof because of last year and maybe because of the way that they started initially. They'll be fine. They've had three losses in overtime. They're 6-4 and four on the year. I mean, all right, what, what do you want? And you want them to win every game right out of the gate and look like world beaters? doesn't work like that. And by the way, if you don't like some pieces of the roster or you don't think that they have great depth, and guys haven't been playing great. I mean, Kreider getting moved down. You know, that's been an issue. I do think you've seen a better, much better Capo Caco. That will help. Panarin has been a stud. You know, they have a Trocek has been a great addition and an upgrade as far as I'm concerned. They have the pieces in place. And by the way, whatever upgrades you want to see, I trust that Chris Drury will get them done come trade time. But we're way, way early here. And they lost an OT with a backup goalie. And you're going back to last year, they should have lost to Pittsburgh. They didn't. What do you mean they should have? They beat them. Series shouldn't have gone seven, if anything. I like this Rangers team a lot. And it starts with Chesterkin for me. You're talking about one of the best goalies in the league. As long as he's there, they'll have a shot. I like Gallant as well. And I trust that he'll hold the guys accountable. I think the Rangers will be fine. 877-337-6666. Butch is calling from South Yonkers. What's up, Butch? Hey, Sal, how you doing? Morning, Butch. Yeah, hey, I was a big win in uh, Buffalo, I mean, with the Jets in Buffalo. And I, I yeah, think the defense think? came out today, man. People are going to start knowing about their defense now and respecting their defense. Well, I mean, you're talking about around the league. I mean, I think we knew the Jets had a good defense. Now, I would say that it wasn't – I think people were overrating their defense, and they still might be to a certain extent, but what they did yesterday was phenomenal. I mean, when you shut down Josh Allen and the Bills like that and hold them to 17 points and keep Allen from throwing a passing touchdown, that is impressive. The favorite, well, My favorite part of their defense is not just Sauce Gardner, which is why I love the pick, by the way. I'm always high on great cornerbacks. But DJ Reed, I mean, when you get cornerback play like the Jets have gotten, you should have a good defense, and they do. Now, it's got to get better, I feel like, if they want to make it you know, th this is not the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. We're not talking that type of defense. It may be the best in the league currently, but I still feel like I need to see it being consistent and cement that over the course of the next couple of weeks. But this, no doubt, an eye-opening performance. And, and to follow this up, man, next week, to, to beat New England would be, you know, nice, you know, capture to the season just to get a split with them, man. After losing for years to them, to just get, you know, get payback on them one game. 
Well, that's one that they need. And it'll go into the bye week. Both the Jets and Patriots will have a bye week in week 10 and then come back out of it week 11 in New England. And you're right. This is a game. And thank you for the call, Butch. As always, appreciate listening and appreciate checking in. This is a game that, look, they don't have to win. But it's a game that the Jets are going to be measured by. Regardless of their big win against the Bills or not, they will be judged if they can finally beat the freaking New England Patriots. This is a down Patriots team. Now they're five and four. I mean, even with a down year, and that's the genius of Bill Belichick. And the challenge now is going to be not only beating the Patriots, which is something the Jets never do. It's going to be beating the Patriots in New England off of a bye week. You could argue that would be more impressive than beating Buffalo at home. You know, all of a sudden, Chicago doesn't look that bad. I know they lost to Miami, but Miami's good. And Chicago with Justin Fields letting him loose. They can score. I know they've lost a couple in a row here after that Monday night game against New England, but Chicago can score. And that's the thing. Where you get a guy like that that can run wild on New England, he could take over and mess up Belichick's great game plan. And, you know, the Patriots just like to play the game methodically out. Let you make mistakes. Let you beat yourself. Play the game. Kick the field goals. Play defense. Play specials. Play it out. And those points add up uh, like they did in the blowout win over the Colts yesterday. But that will be the measuring stick for this Jets team. Not that a loss would give back what they did against Buffalo. But that's an important game. If they can go into New England and beat Belichick off a bye and get their third division win, one over each team, I think you have to look at this team and start thinking division and potentially dreaming about top seed. Now, do I think that that's realistically going to happen? Probably not, but it could. And I'll tell you, they'd be... Further along in the conversation with a win at New England, those next four games, we were talking about it all morning. Next four games, at New England, home versus the Bears, not as easy as you think with Fields playing the way that he is. At Minnesota, right now 7-1. and one. I mean, those are a daunting three games. And then at Buffalo, which still feels like an impossibility, even with the Jets beating the Bills. At Buffalo, later in the year, December. So what's going to happen in these four games? Over the next five weeks, obviously, with the bye. We're looking at two and two. I mean, I think that you hope for three and two. If you could get three and one, now you're talking legitimacy. I think the Jets probably right now still a 10-win team. Softens up a little bit with the Lions and then the Jaguars toward the end of the season. But then the last two games tough at Seattle and at Miami. Point is, though, The Jets have arrived, and they can make it stick even more by avoiding another sweep at the hands of Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots when they return to play in Week 11. Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com.
Omar, you're on the clock. Where's Omar at? 877. Don't run and hide. Don't be like that. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Going to 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. So about 10 minutes or so, we'll get your calls in here uh, before we say goodbye. Guy is calling from Herkimer, New York. I've never heard of that before. Guy? Yes, we're um, exit 30 on a throughway, Sal. Hmm, interesting. If, I probably if you were driving from, uh, driving from your house to Buffalo, we'd be mm-hmm. about halfway. Uh, about how far uh, north of Albany, then? Uh, we are west of Albany, 72 miles. Interesting. Okay. I mean, maybe I've seen this on before. I just don't recall. You've gone anyway. past us all the time. I wave to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, now now I remember. Right. Guy That's from me. Argham, That's of me waving yeah. to you. Oh, no. Right, hey, right. listen, um, I want to tell you how much I enjoy your work. Um, I I have trouble sleeping at night, and all your competitors are talking about aliens and things like that. And uh, you're just um, you're just so awesome. Your your passion is just uh, unequaled, and I love your well, work on you. SNY. And uh, I, I now I want to tell you why I'm calling. I'm I've been a Bills fan since 1964. And um, everyone I listened to picked the bills, except for one man. You stand alone, Sal. <laughs> well, guy, even, I appreciate even the all your colleagues on SNY picked the bills. So uh, did they really? Going. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. Yeah, maybe they get to put. Um, maybe they're supposed to put me on some of the jet shows over there. I mean, yeah, I, don't, like, J- I, I just JJ, do the baseball. Um, uh, Maria, everyone picked uh, the bills yesterday. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, I'm glad you at least heard me pick the Jets guy. Thank you for that. You're, you're the only one. Um, um, now, and I also I was listening to you further, and um, you're absolutely right. The, the Jets will go down when they go to Buffalo, and you know that, uh, Sal. You, you, <laughs> well, won't pick yeah. the, you won't pick the, well, the Jets that week. Well, I mean, it's, we're five weeks away. I mean, let me, let me see how I feel then. But, yes, I would say that uh, more than likely you would think – they, look, you. these divisions. Josh, Josh had a bad game, and you know well, that. But here's here's the thing: what if Josh isn't there? And again, the scary thing is where you look at this defense guy, and obviously, even picking the Jets in this particular game, it was not really anti-Bills. It's just that even the best teams aren't perfect. You know that. And this Bills yeah, team is that. loaded yep. up. The Bills, the Bills yep. are dealing with some injuries here, and you just hope that Allen's okay with that elbow moving forward because really that's the only thing that could potentially derail this Bills season yes. is any type of injury to your quarterback. I, I didn't hear anything more about that. Did you, Sal? I did I, not, but I just heard the guys talking about it, the you know the quarterbacks on the set, whether it was Phil. I think it was Phil talking about it. I'm not sure if it was yeah, Boomer and Phil, yeah. but Phil talking about it specifically where you see the arm get bent back like that and he right away grabs his elbow. That might not be good. So, no, I don't yeah. know anything further on it. Yeah, although that's our greatest fear. Um, say, I just also want to piggyback. Uh, you had a uh, very intelligent caller two calls ago and uh, talked about what to do with the Yankees, and I, mm-hmm. I concur with that guy. Um, I, I, I'm just worried that if we sign Judge for 10 years, um, we'll get another A-Rod situation or Jeter at the end of his career. And um, I'm looking at the, the, the whole 10 years and not just next year. Uh, we need Benatendi. We need Rizzo. Uh, those, those two guys should be, in my opinion, the priority. And look, I do think the Yankees are going to try to bring them back. And thank you for the call, guy. And thank you for the kind words. I, I really do appreciate um, those words. You know, listening and and watching it, it means a lot to me. So thank you for that. 
Um, with the Yankees, I do think they're going to make it a priority to bring back Rizzo and sign Benatendi. And with Judge, here's where it gets tricky. Where the Giants have already said they will not be outbid. So now you know you're going to be in a bidding war. And I almost get the feeling like the Yankees would be better off. I know it sounds nuts to say this, and I love Aaron Judge, but I almost get the feeling they'd be better off And the reason without him. And the reason I say that is because I don't believe the Yankees are going to spend the way that they used to in other areas that they need if they are bogged down by a big judge contract on top of Garrett Cole and Stan, however many years he's got left. I mean, think about it. And I'd rather not double down. Now, if it were me, I'd like to sign judge, trade Stanton, trade Glaber Torres, change the look of the core of this team. I'm fine with if you want to sign Ben Attendee. I think he could be a good fit. By the way, let's not make it like, oh, Ben Attendee was hurt. And that was the problem. Ben Attendee, when he first got here, did nothing. I know he started to get hot a little bit before he got hurt, but he was doing nothing when he first got here. This idea that guaranteed Ben Attendee and LeMay would have changed the Yankees' fortunes in the postseason is just ridiculous. Come on. But still, I think he'd be a player that fits. A high-contact guy that's going to hit for average, which is something that they don't really have in that lineup. And he could be a leadoff guy and a lefty bat. And same with Rizzo. Rizzo brought a lot here with his defense, with his leadership, with his power. And a lefty bat. He's a good fit. But, I mean, some change has got to be made, no? Otherwise, how are they getting any better? Sal is calling from Westchester. What's up, Sal? Sal, what's going on, brother? How are you? Good. How are you this morning, Sal? Good, brother. Good, good. Hey, two quick fun facts for you about the NFL. When it comes time to the playoffs with all these guys putting their wages in, no team in the history since in the Super Bowl era has ever gone on to win the Super Bowl after losing to the Jets in that season. <laughs> Is that true? That's your first. That's your. That's a hundred percent fact. That can't be true. A hundred percent fact. That's why I'm a hmm. Dolphin fan. I was sick. The season's over. They lost to the Jets. Here's oh, the next yeah. one. They didn't just lose. Here's you another one. Walloped. And no dome team has ever gone outdoors and won a championship game. Just just a little another little fun fact, but the Jet one's a big one. Buffalo's That's done. still Buffalo's that's still in play. No dome team has ever won a championship game outside. No dome team has ever gone outdoors. I remember that a being a thing years game. ago and then I guess I stopped paying attention to it. I didn't realize that that was still a thing. Yeah, it's still there. Minnesota baby, remember when they came to New York? Yeah, well, that I right remember, here. of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Sal, have a good day, brother. We'll talk to you. All right, well, thank you for that. I appreciate you checking in, Sal. Thanks for those two factoids. We appreciate it. Hard to believe. Uh, not that I think it means anything necessarily. The the championship game, that is something. Dome teams in January, you know, having to go on the road, we've always known that that's been an issue. But when you back it up like that, saying that it's never happened before. Trying to think now, uh, right? Even those years with Peyton Manning, I guess going to New England. Um, let's see where else will we have it. I mean, obviously, you know, with uh, St. Louis at the time, the Rams, St. Louis. I mean, now Los Angeles Rams at the time were a dome team. Now, I guess you have so many stadiums too that could be open roof. What would be like? What do you call Atlanta? They technically have a 
dome. I mean, they wore the Georgia dome, but yesterday they played a one o'clock game against the Chargers with the roof open. So are they a dome team or a tweener? No, the Saints and Minnesota. I mean, it's not. It's not like there's a ton of dome teams. Anyway, well, that was a fun little mind exercise there thinking about all that stuff I do remember that being an issue I don't recall it recently and I would never think that a team that lost to the Jets didn't go on to win the Super Bowl how, how does that exactly happen anyway that does it for us be back again tonight following the Nets Nets are taking on I think the Mavericks so I'll be on a little bit after midnight assuming that that game goes long you know maybe you get a double overtime game or something like that and who knows Anyway, thanks to Sus. Excellent job today, Sus. We appreciate all the hard work, the extra work with the phone stuff, filling in for Fleegs. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. We appreciate it. Appreciate all the kind words. As always, see you again tonight, like I said, after the Nets. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.